Welcome to the Tenant Law Podcast, where we talk about new, interesting, and or important legal cases affecting New York City tenants. This podcast will be about 10 minutes long. First, we give you some background so you have the context to understand the case we are discussing. Then we talk about the case itself. And finally, we explain why the case is important and give you our tenant takeaway. I am Michelle Itkowitz, and today's case is Bianchi versus Shanley, a fairly recent city court case from Peekskill City Court, Westchester County. This case is from upstate, but the legal principles apply throughout the state, and I thought we should give Westchester some love. So first, let's set the stage with some context. So to know how to defend someone when they're being sued for eviction, you first must understand what the relationship of the human being in the apartment is to the apartment. People new to this area too easily assume that everyone with a superior interest in real property is called a landlord and that every occupant of real property is called a tenant, but that is very often not the case. A tenant is the person with the lease. A lease can be written or oral, but it's a contract and a conveyance between the landlord and the tenant. So that requires the landlord and the tenant to have had some kind of contact with each other at some point to come to this contract. And the contract has a fixed term. So the tenant is staying one year or two years or whatever it is. There's a fixed rental amount. There's a clearly delineated apartment and a grant of exclusive use of the apartment to that tenant, which means that the only people that can come in are the tenant and whoever the tenant permits in the apartment. But not every occupant of an apartment is a tenant with a lease simple situation. What if your mother is the tenant on the lease and you live with her? You're not the tenant. There's no contract or conveyance between you and the landlord. You might not even know the landlord, but you're there and the landlord cannot simply lock you out. So what's the deal there? In that case, you have what's known as a license. A license is a personal privilege, oral or written, which permits a person to be in the apartment. So the tenant has a right to be there and the tenant has granted you a license. So a family member of a tenant who lives with a tenant, we call a licensee or a roommate of a tenant, we also call a type of licensee. Now, but what if the tenant didn't let the occupant in? That happens sometimes. Let's say the tenant leaves and somebody sneaks in the door behind them. That's what we call a squatter. A squatter is basically an intruder, but they're there peacefully. No one with a right to be there let them in, but nevertheless, they're entitled to a certain type of legal notice. So the point is for the context is that a tenant is different from a licensee, which is different still from a squatter. Now let's get into today's case. Now let's get into today's case. In 1999, the owner bought the building and seems to have been living there herself. In 2019, owner invited respondent, that's the guy they're trying to evict, to move into the building with her, but without a lease. There was no term, no rent, nothing like that. So no lease. So probably this respondent was a licensee. The judge seems pretty satisfied that respondent was a licensee. In 2022, the owner died and her estate took over the building and that's the petitioner in this lawsuit and petitioner decided to try to evict respondent. But here's the problem with this case. The notice that the petitioner gave to the respondent and the court papers 
refer to the respondent in some places as a licensee and other places as a squatter. And the section of the law they refer to to try to evict him is the section that has to do with squatters. And clearly he's not a squatter. He didn't sneak in there. He'd long been associated with the building and the owner let him in and they weren't even contesting that part of it. So licensee and squatter are like landlord and tenant law, apples and oranges, completely different things, different parts of the law. So the case was like a big mishmash and the judge dismissed it. At the landlord can probably bring a new case the right way, but this case got dismissed. And this gives rise to some very interesting tenant takeaways. First, let's get the housekeeping out of the way. This is not legal advice and I am not your lawyer, but because I am a lawyer, this might be considered legal advertising. If it's legal advertising, it's garbage because I'm asking you not to contact me. This pod is not a commercial for me or my law firm. This is simply the podcast that I always wanted to make. Email us with your questions. I might be answering listener questions on the pod, but not announcing your name. I'd love to say what New York City neighborhood you're from. If you like our work, please give us those five stars and put the podcast on your socials because you might not need this information today, but somebody else might. It's time for the tenant takeaway. Tenant takeaway time. A lot of people are in apartments who do not have leases and who may or may not be the tenant of the owner, but they have rights that protect them. I'm going to give you three very different situations to give you examples of what I mean. What if your landlord lost the building in foreclosure and the bank took it back and sold it at auction and now there's a new owner? So you don't have a lease with that new owner, but you're actually still a tenant and pursuant to the foreclosure laws, you have certain rights. Now let's look at the example we used in the segment above. Let's say your parent is the tenant of record on the lease. You don't have a lease. You just live in the apartment with your parent and God forbid your parent passes away. You're a licensee and you have certain rights. In fact, if you're a rent step stabilized tenant, as we've discussed extensively already on this podcast, you might even have the right to succeed to the apartment and become the tenant. What if you're subletting and the tenant that you're subletting from disappears in the middle of the night and stops paying the rent? You're not a tenant. You don't have a direct relationship with the landlord. You're not a licensee. You're not a squatter. You're actually something totally different. You're a tenant at sufferance, which is a whole other thing, but you too indeed have some rights. The point is, in a 10-minute podcast, we can't cover every permutation, and there are lots of permutations. The real point is, it all starts here. This is the important part, because the facts of your situation give rise to your legal interest in the apartment. And your legal interest in an apartment gives rise to the type of notice that you're legally entitled to. And the purpose of that notice so that you can be made to understand what your rights are and figure out what your possible defenses are. Because guess what? Lawsuits are not supposed to be surprises. And this is why the courts will dismiss a case if the owner gives you the wrong notice describing your relationship to the apartment in the wrong way. And there you have it. Remember, New York City, the law belongs to you. But your ownership of the law is only as great as your understanding of the law. So let's learn to live better. 
I am Michelle Itkowitz, and this is the Tenant Law Podcast.